I'm Natasha Del Toro, the host of Verified, and I'm here to give you a heads up on some major developments on Dino Maglio's case. So if you haven't heard the whole series yet, I want to warn you, there are some spoilers ahead. Now, if you remember, at the end of our series, Dino Maglio had been convicted of serial rape and sentenced to 12 years and eight months behind bars. He filed an appeal against the decision and was living with his mother in the south of Italy, basically waiting for his new court date. All right. Hey, guys, I'm here again with Cecilia and Giulio. And there's been some pretty big news since the release of Verified. A lot of people have been wondering what's been going on with Dino Maglio. So what do you guys know? Fill us in. Cecilia. Um, hi, everybody. So we, uh, yes, there's been uh, quite a few updates. Uh, we have received a document from the Appeal Court of Venice, uh, where it says that the first hearing for the appeal is set for the 20th of July uh, this year. It was supposed to be earlier, but because of the lockdown measures for COVID-19, it was moved a bit later. This document was received by Kate's lawyer, Cattaneo. And there we can see that uh, Dino Maglio receives this order to be present in the hearing, and he receives this letter at the jail of Lecce, like in prison. And we were like, what's going on? This looks like he's in prison. So we Googled. Actually, he had been arrested on, on the 6th of May, on a Wednesday, uh, local reporter um, Luca Ingegneri reported on the fact that uh, Maglio had been allegedly abusing his parents, uh, like doing domestic violence uh, against them uh, for over a year. But at one point, his mother had had like a sort of final fight with him over an issue that concerned the fact that he had been seeing a girl, like he had a girlfriend and wanted to spend time with her even during the start of lockdown for COVID-19. So there was this sort of discussion between the mother and the son, and she uh, got scared because of episodes that had happened in the past in which she even had to, the local reporter says she even had to leave the house or she had to lock herself in in a different occasion. So at that point, she decided to denounce, went to the Carabinieri of Surbo, who arrested him and brought him to jail in Lecce. Right. Wow. There's a lot there to unpack. So you're telling me that in May, he was arrested again. He went back to jail. And this time it was his mother who had called the police to report him because of domestic violence. And you're also telling me that he has a girlfriend. Fill me in a little bit more about these details. So he goes back to jail and what happens then, Julio? What happens then? Well, um, it, it's been a bit gatto pardesco, as we say in Italy. A lot of changes to go back to the original situation. Basically, he'd spent in jail just 10 days and his lawyer got him out again. And the reason why he got him out, the, 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 the main factor that uh, allowed him to go out of jail again is that this new girlfriend... Uh, allowed him to stay at her place. So basically she accepted to have Maglio host at her house and this was deemed enough by the court to 
temper is violent behavior, something like that. Their precise wording is... So wait for wait a second. Yeah, to contain the um, criminal urges shown by Maglio. So the, the fact that he would be staying with her girlfriend should be enough, according to the judge, to contain that. Um, well, <clears throat> um, without passing my personal opinion on the judgment of the court, it is uh, quite a surprising other development of the situation. And basically, we are back to the same situation where, where we were before. He still has a kind of um, obligo di dimora, so he's forced to live now at the house of, the, of this new girlfriend. And possibly, I, I believe, with few contacts with the mother, but we, we also know from, from the recordings uh, and from the stories of the women that stayed at his place in Padua when his mother was there, that, that he was already abusive uh, towards his mother. So this behavior doesn't come as a complete surprise. And yet, considering how the mother testified in his favor during the trial, personally, I didn't imagine that she would arrive to the point to denounce him and, and to not be able to support her son anymore, to stay with him in the same place. I mean, there were signs of this, but uh, it was still quite surprising. And again, it is just as surprising this next news that, that he stayed in jail just for 10 days and has been freed again thanks to this uh, new girlfriend. And again, the situation might change even even more because now the appeal is going to be this autumn. So it's a few months and a lot can happen in these few months, as you see. Uh, but surely, surely he gives his lawyer a lot of work. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's always something going on with him. This is wild. So he was his mom uh, puts him back in jail. He's there for 10 days. And then he goes to stay at his girlfriend's house. They let him to go stay at his girlfriend's house. Now, um, this is a guy who's been convicted of serial rape. Um, who is this new girlfriend? What do we know about this new girlfriend that he has? We don't know anything. The only adjective that's been attached to her, let's say, in the local reporting is that she is super young. Giovanissima, they say. Um, she is... Uh, she's a Puglian, she comes from a nearby village, and that's where he has been um, uh, registered, you know, for this um, obligo di dimora, for this time that he has to sleep at home. Uh, so at her home, it's a village, it's a small city close to Lecce. Also, we know that he cannot uh, communicate with anybody who is not the person who lives with him. So basically, he has, he's obliged to only talk to this girl, but we don't know any more details about her. And that's a new, that's a new restriction on him, right? That he can only talk to this girl. That's as a, after the mother, his mother uh, charged him? Or? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a consequence of the fact that he was being jailed and then of, uh, his lawyer asked for him to be sent uh, back home, but this time the home would not be his mother, uh, it would be his girlfriend's. And within this measure, he cannot even talk to the mother right now. So it does seem that this new measure is more restrictive than he want, the ones he was under before, because if before he just had to sleep at his parents' home at night, he could still go out during the day. So presumably he was allowed to communicate with people and to, 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 to the bar 
tender, for instance, if he were to order something. So now if he can only communicate with the person that he's sharing the apartment with, this um, girlfriend, then it means that it is a bit more uh, serious and strict than it was before. Still, it's a pretty comfortable uh, situation considering that until very recently this were, these were the same conditions that apply to 100% of the population. Um, apparently his lawyer uh, made the case that the abuse against his mother was actually something that happened a long time before and that it was just a um, moment of crisis and that it somehow wasn't that serious. Um, we do not know the details of what kind of uh, actual violence he committed towards the mother. And so, so it's hard to evaluate. Um, we, we do not know if he hit her or if he just shouted at her or if he scared her in any other way. So it, it is really hard to evaluate this from, from our position. But we do know uh, that she made the call in early May, right? She called the police in early May. The mother. Yes. Yes. It looks like they had this, um, this fight over the fact that it was his girlfriend and that he wanted to spend time with her with the lockdown starting. I mean, actually, the lockdown by May was already on because our lockdown in Italy started uh, on the 11th of March. So I guess something happened there and she decided to go and denounce. So... It could be that she, you know, that's the thing that pushed her to then go and denounce something that had happened earlier between them. But she sort of that, we, we say, la goccia che ha fatto traboccare il vaso, like the drop, the, the water drop that made the vase, <laughs> the water get, uh, get out of the vase. In English, it would be the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, now, how do you think that this latest situation, you know, his mother calling the police on him, um, him being in jail and out of jail and staying with the girlfriend, how do you think this will all affect his pending, his appeal? I, I'm not sure if it will or not, because theoretically in his appeal, the facts and the evidence is the same that was presented at the first degree trial. So all of this will not, should not enter the appeal. And again, as it's not a jury trial, the, the, the um, prosecutor cannot like state these facts in hope to get a general character impression of him and influence the judgment on him. The judgment will still be based on the evidence that was presented in trial. So theoretically, this should not influence in any way the outcome of the appeal. The bad thing is that justice can be very slow. The, the good thing is that it doesn't forget. So it all stays there and it will all be considered in due time. Um, one can only hope that this time is as short as possible. But of course, with the pandemics, everything slowed down for very serious reasons. <laughs> so... The only silver lining I see is that this new girlfriend must be aware of his situation. So at least compared to all the others that we heard about, this one should know the full story. Because if, if she officially um, gave her availability to host him in his house, she has to know what he's going through. Now, of course, she knows it from him, but still... Um, she cannot be completely ignorant as to what are the 
what is the legal situation of her new boyfriend. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely raises a lot of a lot of questions. I know there's still there's still stuff that we don't know and we're gonna keep we have to keep following this case, uh, you know, waiting for the appeal and to see sort of what happens in the coming months uh, while he's staying with this new girlfriend. Um, are you all going to, if, if you're going to, you know, I know you're going to continue looking into this, so we'd really appreciate if you keep us posted as more information comes out. I mean, this is a, it's a wild ride. Yeah, we will. We will to the best of our abilities. But of course, you don't get notified when stuff like that happens. So even as Cecilia was was telling in this case, it was a stroke of luck that we noticed that detail on the court document that we got from Cattaneo and that said, oh, he was in jail. Otherwise, we might have missed it. So, <laughs> but but we'll keep our eyes open. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. What has it been like to hear your reporting, to hear all of the, you know, the product of your work over so many years and, and to hear your voices in the podcast? Uh, now you are part of a story that's been listened to a million times. So I wanted to talk to you all about what, what you felt about that. Uh, Julia. Okay, so um, for a very long time, I didn't bring myself up to listen to it, um, honestly. It's weird. I, I never read again what is published uh, by me. Uh, I don't know if all journalists are like that, but like once something is out, I need to get it out of my system and, and focus on the next thing. It's also one of the coping mechanisms of journalism, I guess, right? Like some stories, this story in particular has been... Um, much more emotional than most stories I work on. And if I don't want to reread the simple stories that I do, I had it even stronger in this case. So I started listening to it pretty late. And uh, yeah, I was, I was struck by how everything came together. I am absolutely, I am absolutely loving the music. It's something that really, really ties it together in a beautiful way. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it is a strong story. It's exactly what I was, was expecting and, and better. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, it was beautiful to, to listen to it, to have it as a company in this time. Um, I know that my... I, I, but, but I'm still very shy about it. Like, when, when my, my girlfriend says, oh, a new episode is out, I want to listen to it, I say, don't tell me anything. <laughs> uh, so I, didn't, I don't even know her opinion about it yet because... <laughs> You know, I don't want to ask. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it's been great to hear it coming in together. And um, it, it's, a, it's a great uh, work. I'm, I'm proud of being part of it. And what about you, Cecilia? What was it like for you to hear your voice and to hear this story come together after so many years of working on this? 
Actually, I managed to listen to this really like a listener. I could not stop listening to it. So actually, I stayed up till like three in the morning listening to it, like a Netflix series, you know, when you really can't stop. Mostly, I was listening to it like with soft lights uh, in the dark. And it was exactly like watching a movie. Like I could just see the scenes. Although I also loved the way you, Natasha, took us around as listeners. But what really touched me the most was listening to uh, the women. Uh, some parts where I just found them so strong that they literally made me cry. Like when I listened to Olga, and I had recorded that, but <laughs> when I listened to it in that context, it was very, very strong. So, um, yeah, I mean, as a general thing, I really liked it. And I think it's a very powerful work in the end, which I feel only a tiny part of. Well, you should give yourself a little bit more credit. <laughs> um, you played a huge part. This wouldn't have been, this would not have happened without all of you. So, um, and I, I know exactly what you mean uh, when I listened to it. And, you know, we worked on this so, so much. And then when I listened to it, there's still parts where I cry. There's still parts where I get chills and I know what's going to happen, but it still affected me in that way. So I, I thought also the, the women's voices were really, were really strong. Um, I mean, all of you did such an amazing job. Um, and, and Alessia, what about you? I mean, you were the one that sort of convinced the whole team to be a part of the podcast. Am I, am I right about that? Yes, I'm guilty, Your Honor. <laughs> yes, I'm the one who tried to convince them. And so I feel like, and I'm very happy to hear this feedback. I listened to Verified as a, in a marathon, so like one after the other, which is what I usually don't do with the Serialized podcast. Of course, listening to the podcast is also a moment of memories because we went through a lot of uh, experience over the seven years since when we started following and digging into this case. And then uh, many things changed in our lives too. So this story, in a way, was a side story in our stories. So for some women, this podcast might be uh, a very important uh, tool for for their um for the for the life so and also for some of the women that we interviewed because they didn't have the chance to speak up and uh, to uh, narrate their stories before thanks to the podcast now they could do and uh, maybe it's also a way to make people around them understand what happened to them it was a way to explain what happened to themselves first but also to the people around so and it's there of course it's not all the trial is not over uh, and uh, there are many other steps they have to take also outside of the justice system. It's uh, also about their own life. So, but this is an important corner store, I think, for many of them. That's all for now. But if something happens in Dino Maglio's case, we'll be watching. So stay tuned. So Julio, is, am I hearing your cat in the background? Yes, it's dinner time for them. So they're like extra bothering now. But, but they're, they're sweet normally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, cool. Um, 
Yeah, what are their names? The young one is called Simbad, like the sailor, and um, the older one is Saba. So she's the queen of the house, and he he's an annoying bastard, but I love him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need to feed them soon. Yeah, yeah, actually, I should go there, but they can wait a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter it's cat noises i mean we're <laughs> journalists under lockdown of course there's gonna be cats come on have to be cats. <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the ride of season one of verified we wouldn't be here without you now we've been hard at work on our new season of verified we're calling it dust up and this season, once again, showcases an incredible group of women fighting to have their voices heard and take control of their bodies. This time, that fight pits them against one of the biggest and most trusted companies in the world. Here's an excerpt. In December of 2006, I had begun noting that I was having spotting in between my periods. I thought at first, well, I'm 49 years old. It's probably premenopause. So I went to Sanford Health. I met a nurse practitioner there, and she gave me a thorough exam. And then she said, you know, just to play this safe, let's get a transvaginal ultrasound. I never had one of those before. And they put the wand up the vagina, and they're looking around, and the lady's showing me on the screen. So this is your left ovary. And now we're moving over to the... The room went silent. What's wrong? Uh, yeah, well, this is your right ovary over here, and um, I'll be back in just a few minutes. So I got dressed, and the door opened, and in walks a nurse practitioner. And she comes over, and she sits down right next to me and puts her hand on my knee. And I knew right then that something was not right. And she looked at me, and she goes, um... You have what appears to be maybe a hemorrhagic cyst on your ovary. Oh, okay. But we can't rule out a tumor. Well, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was crying. I mean, I really thought, oh my gosh, this could be cancer. Where did this come from? My mother doesn't have cancer. My father doesn't have cancer. Familial, no. Previous, no. High-fat Western diet, no. Welcome to Season 2 of Verified. I'm Natasha Del Toro. The woman you just heard from is someone you're going to get to know pretty well throughout this series. Her name is Dean Berg. She's a tough, no-nonsense physician assistant. But just imagine how terrified she was in that moment, learning that she could have cancer. That's one of the scariest things you can hear when you go in for a checkup, that there's a tumor growing inside you. After the initial shock, Dean did what a lot of us would do. Try to make sense of it. To look for answers. So she started to investigate her body like a crime scene, a mystery that she set out to solve 
And what she found put her on a collision course with one of the most iconic and trusted brands in the world. It's a battle that could affect millions of people about what is safe and what's not. And who decides anyway? That's just the beginning of our incredible new season of Verified Dust Up, which is coming on October 19th to this very feed. You can listen to ad-free episodes of Verified Dust Up only on Stitcher Premium, and we'll be releasing our episodes a week early all season long. That means that if you sign up for Stitcher Premium, you get the first two episodes of Verified on October 19th, and then you'll get the new episodes a week early all season long. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code WITNESS. Stay tuned for our trailer, which drops next week. Thanks again for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our new season. I'm Natasha Del Toro, and this is Verified. <laughs>